Get ready to cut through the BS with the voiceover gurus. It's the voiceover gurus podcast. Excellent. Okay. Welcome back to the voiceover gurus podcast. Uh, I'm Linda Bruno. And you know, it may seem obvious that this person should be on the podcast more regularly, but he never has any time. So I got seriously lucky this week. Yes, because your schedule is all over the place, but it's our in-house. Well, first Come of all, on, he's let's, the let, let's get going now. Yeah, <laughs> he owns the freaking don't studio. Have times for long introductions. <laughs> he owns the freaking studio, Digital Waterworks, but he's uh, the in-house producer for the Voiceover Gurus demos, Dave Goldberg. Hello. Hey, how are hey. you? Thanks for <laughs> having me. It's good to be back. I don't even remember the last time I we didn't did get this. That. There goes my uh, my watch. It, it's been a, it's been a couple of years, I think, since you were on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it turned out to be a good week because you had some things shift around. So yeah. we yes, we are in the same studio building. We are in different studios. But like, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you're over there somewhere. <laughs> you'll see my hand through the window because I'm <laughs> I'm basically on the other side of our main vocal booth. Uh, we just thought it would be easier to record like this and kind of cool, too, because I like you have your your, your setup there yeah. with uh, Pro Tools. So Pro Tools, that's your main um, editing software? Yeah, there's a long story behind my uh, relationship with Pro Tools. And uh, it started out out of necessity uh, because back in the day uh, when there weren't as many choices, you would get agencies calling you and they wouldn't say what kind of DAW or digital audio workstation are you using? It was more of like, what version Pro Tools do you use? <laughs> so it was just assumed that you were using Pro Tools. Um, and, you know, in the early days, we're talking 25, 20, 25 years ago, um, there were very few choices and Pro Tools was, you know, one of the first out there. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the short story uh, as to why I use Pro Tools. But if I was starting over today, um, using a digital audio workstation, I probably would not. I probably would jump onto the Adobe Audition, which is part of the Creative Cloud uh, family of products. Now, you have, well, a couple of the other editors here at the studio use that, right? Yeah, in fact, I use it too. I use Audition at home because I don't have a Pro Tools set up at home. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I just, you know, out of necessity, found it to be a better choice for my, my use at home. I have a very small home studio. It's not nearly as capable as what we have here at Digital Waterworks. So um, in addition to many of my other hats, I also do voiceovers myself. And I use that home studio just for auditions or for actually, um, I don't usually start projects at home, but yeah. I might I might do a project and then the client reaches out after hours and says, are you able to do a pickup uh, or repair or, or an add-on to something we had? And if it doesn't have to match exactly, because there's no yeah. way my home, my home studio would never match here, um, but if it doesn't have to match, I'll use the home studio and I use Audition. But here at the at the studio, I use uh, Pro Tools. Gotcha. Yeah, I've I've talked about this before in the podcast that I use Pro Tools only because it was the first thing I learned. Right. Um, and I just know all the shortcuts, and it's just easy, and I'm too lazy to try and learn something else. Um, but yeah, because Pro Tools is like overkill, and plus it's kind of um, outdated in some. It's dated. It's dated. You know? My my nickname is Pro Stools. 
Um, and listen, <laughs> I'm not endorsed by them, so I can say that. Right, right, uh, right. Yeah, I, you know, it, it gets the job done. Uh, yeah. I, I doesn't. I don't really have any obstacles with it. I think uh, there. I think audition is a better value. You get more uh, bells and whistles. Where to have Pro Tools do the same thing that uh, audition does, you'd have to spend extra money on plugins. Um, a lot of which comes with audition out of the huh. box. So, mm-hmm. and it is, and it's much more affordable. It's a more affordable uh, product. But when you think about voice talent and what we have to do, which is not much. I mean, simple mono single track recording, unless you decided you wanted to go into production and and mix things. But would you ever record in stereo your voice? No. No, there's no need to uh, record. Your voice is mono. Um, What comes out of your your voice is mono, uh, mono meaning single channel. Mm -hmm. Um, Once it enters the room and it starts the sound waves start bouncing around the room then it actually becomes stereo but the voice doesn't become stereo right the sound the sound the ambient sound in the room becomes stereo but that's not what you want to capture in uh in a demo which we're <laughs> going to be talking about today or or in a finished product either um mm-hmm. they you know it's it's mono it's one microphone um I think there's your, some confusion. Some people, some people think they need to record in stereo, and I'm, no. you know, I'm always like, no, that's not. And I know there's some coaches that are telling people to do that too, which is never insane to that. me. I've I know. never heard of that before. Um, I mean, not to mention, not that it really matters, but a stereo file is twice as large as a mono file. So mm-hmm. if your mono file was one megabyte, a stereo file is going to be two megabytes. But there's no left and right to your voice. So there's right. no, and and not to mention the majority of microphones, especially the microphones that voiceover people uh, are using, are mono microphones. There's only one output uh, on that microphone, even if it's a USB microphone. Um, it, it's just a single element, a single pickup, um, not a left and right. There aren't two elements in there capturing gotcha. the left and right side. There are microphones that are stereo microphones, and they literally oh, yeah? have they. Oh yeah, they have, but they have two XLR cables. They have a left and a right, oh. um, but not for use in in our industry. We don't industry. have to worry about that. Yeah. No, no, that's it for people who are doing like music recording or field recording. That would be uh, a, a stereo microphone. So people, um, you know, they know us as performance coaches. That's our focus here at the Voiceover Gurus. And it's like a little, little well-kept secret that we also produce demos because uh, there's a lot of um, coaches out there that, you know, do promote that as their service, like their main right. service, or it's like a demo house or a demo factory. Right. Um, we are definitely not that. That is, uh, it's a very much a customized situation. But we've got the one that you finished today is fantastic for one of our students. I cannot wait to share it with him. But yeah, I wanted to talk about the whole demo process and mm-hmm. what you think. Okay, you as someone who also casts voices. When you're listening to demos, what shouldn't you do on a demo? Oh, well, there's a lot of stuff that you shouldn't do. Um, there's probably, um, I, I, like, where, where do we, you know, I, I would, I think it's even more, oh, whoop, let, let's, we're not going to edit this, but I, I think we should actually start because a lot of the people who are watching this or listening to this podcast may not even know what 
a voiceover demo really is. I mm. mean, they, you know, okay, sure. you know, it's a, it's your voice, it's recorded, but like, but what is it? And and so let let's just start there first, just as a little primer. Um, so a demo or a demo reel is something that should show off your voice. And it should show off your capabilities, your range, your diversity. If you have diversity, not everybody does. You know, there mm -hmm. are some people who, you know, they're just straight ahead narrators and and great for you. But if you are uh, a voiceover talent that has the ability to have range and you can give a deep read and you can give a high read, and you can, <laughs> then that, you know, the, the best of should be featured. It's your best of album. It's your greatest hits <laughs> album is, is what it is. Um, which which leads That's into good. what should or should not your demo, you know, what are the problems or things that make a good demo or a bad demo. So um, length, the overall length, right, the runtime mm -hmm. of the demo is is something that's very, very important. Uh, none of what we're what I'm going to talk about today is is law. Um, I don't right. Think this is any, your. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is just sort of experience and just knowing there's industry standards. Mm -hmm. um, most of the demos that we produce are between 60 and 90 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a few reasons for that. Number one, you're not putting full spots on there. So even if your demo is made up of actual um, material that you have been paid for, Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't created as part of the demo, well, then, you're, then your pieces are typically going to be 30 or 60 seconds uh, long, broadcast right. length. But you don't need to put full start-to-finish uh, spots on your demo. Uh, nobody has the time to listen to six, seven minutes of, of demo material. Right, or the patients. You know, or the patients, right? Mm -hmm. And they're getting a lot you – know, you have to assume that they're getting many submissions, not just yours and two or three others. Assume that they're getting 50 or 100, yeah. you mm -hmm. know. Um, so, so the overall runtime is important. And again, I think the sweet spot is 60 to 90 seconds. If you talk to most engineers or producers that cut demos for people, you'll probably get the same consensus. Um, mm -hmm. I, I haven't searched the web, but I'm sure if you typed into uh, Google, Yeah, that seems you know, to be the mm -hmm, How, the how long should a voice have demo be? You're going to see about 90 seconds. Um, so the other things you want, so we talked about variety. Right, mm -hmm. versatility. You want to show your your dynamic range. Um, if you have a, you know, if you're a very up person, but you can also do a serious read, mm -hmm. you should you should show that. I think it's important to start with something that really grabs the listener mm -hmm. uh, out of the gate. That may or may not be your best example, but it should be one that really grabs them. So mm -hmm. I would not start with the, uh, you know, <laughs> Some that, low key. the quiet. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was. <laughs> those are not the one that that's that's just asking somebody to hit stop and just go off to the uh -huh. next uh, submission. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, get something if if it's got some cool sound effects or some great music in the beginning, it just you know like really catches you your attention. Mm -hmm. You know, assume that they're they've listened to five others that really blew. You know, and then they're getting <laughs> to yours, and they're about they're about to go to lunch. You know, you want yeah. them to start listening to yours and go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa what's this? Uh, you know, uh -huh. and and once they're on that hook, once the fish has bitten the hook, now you got them. You know, so your next one should be pretty strong as well. Your third one, the third one is where you can sort of take a chance. If you have a if you have a mellower read, 
usually you want to, but you definitely don't want to finish with the mellow, mellow read. No. Um, well, unless unless it's your weakest of the of the blot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, you know, there's a lot of psychology involved here. Assume, even though they tell you never to assume, yeah. assume that the listener. Uh, the casting director or the agent assume they're never going to get to the end of your demo, yeah. Um, because they may not. Like, yeah. They may not. Even, they may not even get past ten seconds. If you're lucky, they'll play the first ten seconds and go, "Well, now we found the voice we need." There's you know, something. Mm-hmm. and you're done. But um, you know, conversely, just I wouldn't put your best one last because there's probably a ninety percent chance they're yeah, not. Yeah, nobody's going to make it. Not going to mm-hmm. get there. Yeah. yeah, not not at least on the first round. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe if you make it into the the final three and they're really getting down to the nitty gritty and they're playing you know their their talent A, B, and C, maybe then they'll play the full demos just to see what's really there. Um, mm-hmm. But listen, w- w- you don't know what they're looking no, for. No, no, we don't. Do. We yeah. can we we take our best shot. But your your demo, the first one you make anyway, should be commercial demo because, like you're saying. We want to showcase what range you have, if any, at this point in right. your career. Um, but sometimes I get students will be like, oh, my friend's a friend's a musician. He has a recording studio. He's just going to do the demo for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree that that is the best route to go because I don't feel that unless you know about voiceover or you've mi- ever mixed voiceover demo, that I don't feel that just anybody can mix a voiceover demo, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's... There are two parts to the demo. There's record. This is also assuming somebody doesn't have actual recorded content to use. That they're creating the demo entirely from scratch. And yeah. most of most of the students that go through Voiceover Gurus don't are from scratch. Yeah, are from scratch. So so there really are two. That's a two prong question that or two that you're you're bringing up. Like you know mm-hmm. your friend's studio. You know, it's okay to record the actual spots in your friend's recording studio if they have decent setup and they get mm-hmm. a good sound um, and you're happy with the, your delivery and, you know, it's a, it's a true DIY project, then that's fine. Um, but addressing your, your comment that you made about putting the demo together, um, so let's say you have five or six pieces now, five or six spots that yeah. you want to put into the demo – uh, no, I, I agree with you. That should not be done by uh, your friend with the studio, unless that friend is a producer of commercial content, right. and they and they know, you know what? Because there are a lot of things that go into making putting together the, the demos, and right. it's it's not just like putting, you know, this five pieces into Pro Tools. And then just chopping them up, and there, there's a lot of um, you know we mix them, we master them, um, we we change EQ and compression to make it sound more broadcast, like it actually was on the radio or mm-hmm. TV. Um, you know, we craft them. There's a mm-hmm. lot of and and with craft, I mean skill and you know the artisanal touch. Um, <laughs> there is a difference, you know. There's a difference between a, a loaf of Wonder Bread and something made in an artisanal bakery, right? Um, and that's it. You know, we we're that bakery. We're not the the Wonder Bread factory that's pumping out loaves of white bread. Um, there was demo that you mentioned demo houses. There are demo houses that yes. literally just do that. They'll s- send us your demos. 
and in 48 hours we'll kick you back your your demo for however much more money than it should cost and yes um, and, and go with God, you know. <laughs> I'm I, I'm getting more and more students that are coming because they've had their demos done at another production house and they I know. spent a yeah. fortune. Yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah. listening to the demos and a lot of them are like overly produced where there's too right. many whistles and bells and, and the voice right. is drowning. It's not, you know, and right. we got to hear the voice, yeah? Yeah, there's, there's um well, again, some of that has to do with how they're mixed now and uh, some cases we don't do the actual mixing of the the voice and the music that's given to us already done like if it was done in your friend's studio and mm-hmm. and they mixed it well we can't undo that you know the bed is already right. made so i can't roll back the sheets and and you know peel it back um but there are a lot of demos that we get here th- that you're coaching people uh, or Alyssa's working with, and we just get the raw voiceover file, just the the voice by itself, right. and then I will actually create the what I call the ISOs, the isolated spots, the individual spots, the, you know, the spot for Nike, the spot for Nissan, uh, and so on and so forth. I'll choose the right music bed, I'll choose the right sound effects uh, or the most appropriate for that spot. And then I have the isolated finished version, which is the full spot, the 30 second or the 60 second. Mm-hmm. Um, that the student can use as well. Well, that they should have. And, and, and I, actually, we should, well, we should talk about that. Let's, let's put a pin in that for one second. Um, <laughs> so now you've, now you've got the five, uh, the five or six isolated, separate, uh, standalone pieces uh, that are now going to become part of the composite. And that's mm-hmm. going to be that 60 or 90 second um, uh, demo. Um, and those are now mixed, but we now do things with them in just terms of fading out and even knowing where to cut, like how much of right. a spot to use before we cut out uh, into the next one. There, It's not a formula. You know, it's not, right. oh, every spot is 20 seconds until we hit this, the, the 60 second mark or the right. That's not... You you have to that comes from experience. I mean, I've I've been I've been doing this more than thirty years, but I like I say thirty years because I don't want to make myself sound that fucking old, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but but uh, you know, it, 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 with that experience comes knowledge, and it right. also com- comes feel. You know, I, I'll I'll listen to it. I listen over again. I mean, you, you've you've come in the studio, seen me working on these things. Yeah. I'll close I'll close my eyes and then I'll say, yeah, this this we've this is enough of this spot. It's time to get to the mm-hmm. next one. You know, that's what I internal in, do internally. Um, and I don't actually say that, but you know. <laughs> now your background I think is really helpful because you're a musician. First off, you've been a musician since you were a kid. Um, and then you worked in that industry as well. So I know when I hear your demos, because I'm a music lover and I have an ear, I mean, not a musician, but I can tell that you you know how to place, like there might be a, a flourish of some instrument here or, you no. know, and that's it's like a work of art in a way, you know? I, yeah, I, I do approach um, the creation of demos differently than probably most people do and because of my background in music uh i i hear i i don't care what at, at the stage that i get these recordings in i don't care what the spot is for or like the dialogue the narrative i turn the voice into uh a musical instrument so i'm listening to it ah. as if it's a saxophone 
That's um, cool. that, that's that's not to say I don't listen to what it is. Obviously, right, if, right, it's right. A, if it's a spot for a hospital for the cardiac program, I'm not putting like you know, me- <laughs> rock music, me- me- mega death behind it, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I will listen to it. I'll I know I'll I'll read it. I'll read the script. I know what the content is, and I know I have a pretty good idea of what kind of music I want to use. But sometimes it's not music. I mean, you know, recently yeah. I did one. It was uh, I think it was a mock spot for for Nike. And I literally just started with heavy, you know, running. Yes. Um, and then the sneakers. So it started with like, <gasps> like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of went into the sound of uh, sneakers on, on like in the forest, you know, kind of crunching. And it was more of a sound tapestry. But mm-hmm. even that to me was musical. You know, I thought I, I yeah. was hearing it as an orchestra, as, as something that was evolving. Um and again, not not to tip my own hat, I don't think most people are putting together voice over demos. Certainly not the Wonder Bread factories that I mentioned. They're not doing that. Right. Um, so that that's what that's what differentiates, you know, let's say a, a really good demo. It's something that there's some care and skill. I don't do t- 10, 15 of these a day, you no, know. No. I, I'm doing a couple a week, three, four a week. So uh, luckily I'm busy doing other things and and i yeah. and i i handle these demos you know when they come in um, ours is more of a boutique approach with all of this yeah not a factory know. at all artisanal yeah. artisanal it's artisanal i like that word <laughs> i i do love uh the musical aspect of it but it's like the the music supports the voice which yes. is being showcased and it's not drowning out the voice it's which is not- extremely important Right. It's fighting it. In fact, I will oftentimes mix um, a demo. I'll mix the voice higher than mm. the music than I, than I would if it was an actual broadcast spot. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are trying to feature the voice. Right. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And the music will be there, but like you said, to support it. Right. To, right. Yeah. To be a nice, uh, not a, not, I don't know. It's the way that it's... Um, it's laid out really comes out beautifully and I, I think that has a lot to do with your your ear your musical so, ear thanks um so you know we put a pin in the whole iso thing yeah. so it, it is it is important so you're going to have your 60 90 second composite demo that's your reel right you're going to have that but it is really important to have those isolated pieces um so if you are having demo material demo content created by a third party make sure that you have access to that uh, and the reason, if it's not obvious, um, is that you may see an audition come through online for uh, a voice that sounds like X. And you're like, oh, well, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you may not have time right then and there to record a custom audition. Maybe they don't even want a custom audition. They might just say, send send your best example of you sounding like a horse yeah. to to this, you know, response <laughs> to this. And you're like, holy shit, I have, yeah, I have that spot. I have me sounding like a horse. So you can go in and send them just that ISO, that isolated spot, individual spot. What and kind not, of commercial is this? It's, it's, it's horse food. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you may you may right. have a spot that that you've got it you know oh sure perfect I'll just email them this you know mm-hmm. hey Mr. Mrs. Casting person uh, I have a spot that sounds like me uh, you know me as a horse here you go and mm-hmm. then they don't have to listen and trudge through the ninety seconds of stuff right. that's not appropriate so there you go that's 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 one reason why and obviously it's just why not have as much as you can have but 
That's yeah, because sometimes people want to rearrange the order, you know, or yeah. they want to put it into like a voice Zam player. Oh, yeah. Or some people can create a player like Wix comes with a little player that you can, you know, embed into your website. Right. And then you can decide because maybe you're like, no, nah, I like this read better or whatever. It gives you that freedom. All right. Like like you said, with the players, you know, it's kind of like a little playlist, right? So you track right. one, track one could be your composite demo and then track two through five, six or whatever will be your isolated individual ones. And so, yeah, you, de you definitely want to have have access to that. I know that oh. the, the the prices range very greatly for demo production, and I'm not going into that because you know to each his own, and whoever wants to charge what they want to charge. Yeah. But you just do need to make sure that you're comfortable with the fact that you should. The old days, it was like rent a studio and a producer and spend two hours and get coached for a demo. That's how it was back when I was starting out, and now. You know, that is our our approach is way more organic where, you know, Alyssa and I will work with you and we will have you record everything if you're remote um, and we do it over a period of time. So that way we can get <clears throat> the best read out of you as well as something that we know that you can duplicate um, on your own and not need to be coached with. But um, yeah, that's, that's that's one thing that I like because I don't have to listen to all the garbage yeah. when you when you guys give me the uh, recordings. It's like clean. here here here's the silver plate of you know yes. here's the filet mignon. <laughs> Finish the meal. Jazz it up, jazz right. it up for me. I know it's a cool process. So do you have you ever heard a demo that's like really really bad that had like oh, bad yeah. characteristics? Sure. Well, as a producer, yeah. I get a lot of really bad demos. So what's um, like a no no? What's a no no? Ooh, leaving you with a little cliffhanger there. So join us for part two next time of my chat with Dave Goldberg, where we find out what not to do on your demo and what to do on a great demo. See you then. Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru.